Hello, everyone. I would like to welcome you to our Topics in Drug Testing podcast. My name is Frank Stamaro, Director of Clinical Marketing for the Drug Monitoring Franchise at Quest Diagnostics. Today's episode is with Quest Diagnostics Senior Medical Advisor, Dr. Jeff Gooden, and Dr. Jack Kane, Director and Medical Science Liaison. They will be speaking with us today on drug testing for patients with substance use disorders in medication-assisted treatment. Welcome, Drs. Gooden and Kane. Thank you, Frank, and welcome all of you to our podcast today on drug testing for patients who receive medication-assisted treatment, or MAT. I'm Dr. Jeff Gooden. I'm a pain and addiction expert and also a senior medical advisor to the drug monitoring and toxicology franchise at Quest Diagnostic. I have with me here today Dr. Jack Kane. Jack, how about a couple of words about your background? Thank you, Dr. Gooden. Yes, I'm Jack Kane, Director, Medical Science Liaison, specifically for Prescription Drug Monitoring and Toxicology at Quest Diagnostics. Thanks, Jack. So let's dive right in. I think we could all agree that drug abuse has really been front page in our society for almost a decade now. It started out with a prescription drug crisis focused on the opioids and now has turned to a synthetic or illicit drug crisis. It costs this country hundreds of billions of dollars annually related to drug abuse. And whether that's crime-related or lost work productivity or or healthcare expenses. And specifically, we know that we could screen our patients with drug testing. As a matter of fact, most of the state and medical guidelines recommend screening patients to determine their risks of drug abuse. So on today's podcast, Dr. Kane and I are hoping to give you some idea of what do we do in the drug testing world when patients are maintained on medically assisted treatment? And we're going to explain what we mean by those terms in just a moment. Now, as a practicing pain management and addiction specialist, I can tell you that drug testing is one of the best tools that I have. It's really one of the few objective measures of what a patient has really taken, right? So we can't always rely on patient self-report for medications they're taking, especially when it comes to illicit medications. So it's critical that we have quality drug testing to be able to provide us as clinicians the knowledge of what medications or substances our patients are actually taking. Now, when we talk about MAT or medication-assisted treatment, what we're going to be referring to is simply the use of medications combined with counseling and other behavioral therapies that treat substance use disorders. Because research shows that when you combine pharmacological treatments and the behavioral therapies, we really can effectively treat substance use disorders and and help our patients sustain recovery. The purpose of prescribing medications in the MAT setting might be to block the euphoric effects of opioids. It might be to relieve the cravings that users get from using opioids, and maybe just sometimes just to normalize their body functions without subjecting them to the negative effects of the abused drug. So Jack, when we talk about MAT medications, which are the medicines in particular that we're talking about? Yeah, there's generally three medications, methadone, buprenorphine, and naltrexone. And I'll say this, there's still a misconception associated with medication-assisted treatment and that these medications substitute one drug for another, when instead these medications relieve withdrawal symptoms and psychological cravings that cause chemical imbalances in the body and ultimately lead to risky, aberrant behaviors. And so again, the medications commonly used are methadone, buprenorphine, and naltrexone. And people may safely take uh, medications used in MAT for months, years, and so on. Oftentimes, most clinicians think that 
these medications need to be provided only at what we call OTPs or outpatient treatment programs. And in the case of methadone, that's indeed correct. But it turns out as thousands and thousands of clinicians have already done, you could actually take a CME course. It's relatively simple and it's a great course to teach you about a primer on addiction medicine to get a waiver to be able to prescribe buprenorphine to treat opioid use disorder in your own clinic where patients don't actually have to go to an outpatient treatment program. So the ultimate goal of using these medications for for MAT is to allow our patients to improve the quality of life without continuing to use illicit drugs on the street. So clearly it would improve survival, decrease illicit drug use, increase a patient's ability to like gain employment or maintain employment. And one of the most important areas that we find MAT helpful in is in women of childbearing age to prevent them using these illicit substances while they're pregnant. Jack, you told us the three drugs that are used, methadone, naltrexone, and buprenorphine. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about how each one of them works? Absolutely. Methadone is an opioid agonist that prevents withdrawal. It's dispensed only in specially regulated clinics. And then you have naltrexone, which is an office-based opioid antagonist. It blocks the effects of opioids. And then you also have buprenorphine, and very popular in various practice settings. And it even, unfortunately, has some illicit street value in terms of diversion for patients who want to abuse it and self-medicate or treat themselves with withdrawal symptoms. But it works actually as an opioid partial agonist. So not a full agonist like methadone and not a blocker like naltrexone. It's a partial agonist that reduces withdrawal risks while potentially blocking other opioids. And it comes as a daily dissolving sublingual tablet, cheek film, or six-month implant under the skin. And it's available under various brand names, some popular ones being Suboxone and Subutex. I think those are the two that clinicians are most familiar with, people being on a Suboxone maintenance program or a Subutex maintenance or or detox program. And just Mm -hmm. to clarify, Jack, you're indeed absolutely correct that methadone and buprenorphine are certainly dispensed out of specialty regulated clinics when it comes to opioid use disorder. But I'm sure some clinicians are thinking, hey, I prescribe these in my own practices, you know, for let's say pain patients. Well, it turns out there's kind of a, a weirdness when it comes to the diagnosis that you're treating. Believe it or not, if you're treating opioid use disorder, you have to go to a specialty clinic to get your treatment unless you have that waiver for buprenorphine. But if you're treating pain, most doctors can use these and do use these as methadone and buprenorphine as analgesics where their patients get prescriptions out of the office and dispensed from a pharmacy the way they would any other medicine. So I don't want our listeners to leave here today thinking you can only obtain methadone or buprenorphine at a specially licensed substance use disorder clinic. For pain management, clearly we do these things based out of the office. So let's go back to drug testing. I think we could all agree that drug testing is really important when it comes to screening patients for the drugs that they use. Relying on self-report, as I mentioned earlier, really isn't the most optimal method of documenting or checking for compliance in this patient population. So Mm -hmm. really the purposes of drug testing when you get down to it are let's see if we can't pick up any substances that might complicate the patient's treatment. Let's make sure they're being compliant or adherent with whatever medicines we're prescribing, whether that's methadone or buprenorphine. And also drug testing really helps us monitor for diversion, right? If somebody comes back without a prescribed drug in their system, clearly that raises red flags as to where is that drug going. 
So we find that the best time to do drug testing, and when we look to the guidelines, it says, you know, when you do your initial evaluation, we probably should do a drug screen to get an idea of what medicines or illicit substances is the patient consuming. And by the way, that includes alcohol as well. Many clinicians aren't aware that we have a test for alcohol, not a breathalyzer, which detects alcohol for only hours, but a test for alcohol metabolites, which could pick up alcohol use for days, three or four days or sometimes longer. So drug testing is important. It plays a role in patient safety. It helps us to identify, let's face it, potentially lethal drug combinations, such as alcohol and opioids or benzodiazepines and opioids. And in just a moment, I'm going to ask Dr. Kane to help me explain how we interpret the drug tests that we get. But I'll just say one more thing. When we get results on drug tests, we really need to interpret them in the overall context of a patient's clinical presentation. A drug test is not a replacement for your clinical judgment. These are just tests. They're done in a laboratory with machines, and they are subject to error. So clearly, we never discharge or scrutinize a patient for any single drug test result. We always ask them the circumstances, ask them questions about their drug test, and clearly put it into clinical context. Hey, Jack, I've been kind of capturing the floor a little bit. Can you explain to our listeners the different kinds of laboratory tests that we provide and that their patient samples might undergo when they come to Quest? Absolutely. And I echo your comments about the clinical context and what is the background in the context of this drug test result. So I often think of various parameters, like is this aberrant result the result of maybe what could be consistent with behaviors of underlying substance use disorder? Is this consistent maybe with relapse? Is this consistent with medication non-adherence? Why am I not seeing buprenorphine in the urine specimen? And why am I seeing dangerous drug combinations with buprenorphine? Or where is this alcohol coming from? And does the patient understand the risks associated with combining alcohol? with buprenorphine and or methadone? Do they really understand the mechanisms? But at the laboratory, in order for us to get that data and provide it reliably to clinicians, we have to use certain methodologies, some of them more reliable and reducing uncertainty in a drug test result than others, and some of them more economical. And that brings me to two methodologies. You have presumptive testing and you have definitive testing. Presumptive testing is usually done by immunoassay. It's that rapid point-of-care or lab-based qualitative test. Qualitative as in it just says, hey, positive. In certain instances, negative. Or also maybe a desktop immunoassay analyzer that could potentially provide a semi-quantitative value. Hey, it's above this detection threshold. This is the level that we're seeing. That's immunoassay technology. It's quick and it's generally economical, but it's subject to various limitations, such as terms you've heard, false positives, saying a substance is in a patient's system when it really isn't, or a false negative, saying a substance isn't in a patient's system when it really is. And that could be the result of just having what we call too high of cutoffs, too high of a detectable threshold. You have thoughts on that, Jeff? Yeah, so Jack, that's really important for docs to understand. And that's why I said before, we never make any single clinical decisions or any clinical decisions based on a single lab test. Because let's say a patient really did take their drug, but their levels are too low for for our cutoff detection 
or let's say they took a drug that cross-reacted with their drug. So always need to have a little bit of knowledge about drug testing interpretation. And don't worry, you don't really need to be experts because we actually have a 1-800 number. It's an Rx Tox line where you can call in and actually get support to help interpret the, the lab values. Ask our clientele, hey, why is my patient's sample negative when they're really taking this drug? Or why is their sample positive when they're not on that drug? So we're going to hold your hand throughout the entire process. And so I mentioned definitive testing as well. And definitive testing, you know, I like to think of it as, as the bread and butter, Dr. Gudin, for drug testing, because it uses really expensive technology to provide what some of us would like to call a true positive result. Well, it is the most accurate technology we have out there today that can detect the presence of substances and then specifically which substances a patient has been exposed to. And that utilizes liquid chromatography, mass spectrometry, or gas chromatography, mass spectrometry. And it has lower screening cutoffs due to more sensitive technology and it has selective detection. So Jack, I know that one of the more popular test for clinicians to order is the screen followed by definitive. Can you explain that to me? The screen followed by definitive. Yeah, in this industry, we've seen a lot these past few years, the encouragement of testing for every substance under the sun and using mass spectrometry testing to identify everything. And the issue with that is, yes, it's expensive and accurate technology, but again, it's costly to the health system. And hopefully, but many a times, unfortunately, we see that it's costly on the patients. Hopefully not, but we do see that. And at Quest, we encourage a screen first, then it automatically reflexes to a definitive test result. So if something is there on a presumptive test, if it's a presumptive positive, it automatically reflexes to our more expensive definitive technology. And that is how we balance cost versus clinical benefit. So what you're saying is only the tests that show up on the presumptive or only the the substances that show up on the presumptive might actually go for further definitive testing. Correct. So if it says a benzodiazepine positive, well, what does that mean to me as a clinician? And presumptive tests will only say that, an opiate positive or a benzodiazepine positive. Well, what does that mean to, to me as a clinician? Is that the opioid or the benzo that I prescribed? Is it that plus another one, or is it just an unreported one? Well, if it's positive on that as an opiate or a benzo, then it automatically reflexes to that definitive test to see which one is it. Is it the alprazolam? Is it hydrocodone for an opiate? And I'll agree. Listen, as, as a clinician who prescribes, it's of critical importance to me to see which specific drug are they on? So the presumptive gives me the drug class, like you say, opioid or benzo, but the definitive testing tells me which exact drug they're on. And I find that clinically helpful. You know, by the way, Jack, when I introduce drug testing to patients, I always tell them why we're doing the drug testing, how often they'll be tested, what the results might mean. And I really try to make drug testing part of their clinical plan. And I don't stereotype or bias against who's going to be tested. I test everyone because if there's one thing we've recognized you can't predict, I can't predict, even the academic experts can't predict which patients in their practice are not using their medications the way that they're supposed to. So drug testing is not a, hey, I gotcha tool or a punishment, but it's really to make them part of the care team. It's a component of their treatment, and it really helps us to maintain compliance. 
So I'm glad that you kind of explained to our listeners today what some of the limitations on drug testing are, especially when it comes to presumptive testing, why definitive testing is so important to know exactly what's in the substance. You know, to kind of sum up here, Jack, would you tell our audience a little bit about how we test for each one of these things? So let's say I order a methadone test. Is the lab actually testing for methadone? Yeah, so on screen, it's a great question. On screen, so on that presumptive test, we generally look for EDDP, which is the metabolite for methadone. And if it's positive for that EDDP, we automatically reflex to confirmation just to make sure if it's actually EDDP and also if it's consistent with methadone. So in our confirmation and that definitive analysis, we look for both methadone and EDDP. And I think that's a really important point for listeners is that at Quest, we don't just screen for the parent drug, which is methadone. We look for the metabolite as well. And I've seen this in practice where a patient might take in their methadone tablet, shave a little bit off into the urine, and maybe the presumptive test might come back positive for methadone. But there's no way that EDDP would be in there, the metabolite, unless, of course, they took the drug, consumed it, metabolized it, and then it came out in the urine. Hence, another important reason... Yeah, another important reason to consider definitive testing. And Jack, what do we look for with the buprenorphine? Is that a metabolite as well? Buprenorphine does have a metabolite called norbuprenorphine. And guess what? We do look for that too. And we look for both the parent drug and the metabolite for patients who are prescribed or maybe unfortunately illicitly using buprenorphine regimens. So we test for buprenorphine and norbuprenorphine. And Jack, can you just give me an idea? Everybody always asks, well, how long can I pick up? You know, what's the window of detection of drug use? Are they hours, days, weeks when it comes to methadone and buprenorphine? Yeah, when it comes to urine drug testing, so analyzing within urine specimens, uh, around two to three days. That sounds great. And is there anything we do at the lab or clinicians can do in their office to make sure that what patients are giving us is actually a real urine sample and not someone else's urine or fake urine? You always want to check the temperature, but we also have specimen validity testing that helps analyze urine tampering and uh, things that might be consistent with urine tampering or attempts to beat the urine drug test. That's great. It's certainly great to know that Quest is looking out for to make sure that the specimen is indeed a valid specimen because, look, we're dealing with a very sensitive area of medicine when it comes to drug abuse. So, Jack, this was really great. Medication-assisted therapy, or MAT, is really an important component of treating substance use and opioid use disorders in particular. We know that the abuse and misuse of street drugs and prescription drugs remains at epidemic proportions in the U.S. Just to remind our listeners that Quest Diagnostics is One of the larger labs in the U.S., it serves one in three adult Americans and half of the physicians in hospitals in the United States. We have the world's largest database of clinical lab results, and we're able to extract some of that data to give diagnostic insights that help improve healthcare management. Remember, if you're prescribing controlled substances, whether that's opioid analgesics, benzodiazepines, ADHD psychostimulant drugs, even antidepressants and antipsychotics, although they're not controlled, we have ways of compliance testing for these medications. And a properly implemented drug testing program is truly an important step in helping us tackle drug misuse and clearly abuse of illicit drugs. 
Quest has the experience to help you implement a successful prescription drug monitoring program, one that will help your practice, safeguard your patients, and keep your community safe. I mentioned before, our Rx Tox line is available to help you with both test ordering and result interpretation. So please keep Quest Diagnostics in mind for your prescription drug monitoring needs. Frank, I'll turn it back over to you to close. I want to thank you all for joining us for today's discussion on drug testing for patients with substance use disorders in medication-assisted treatment. I would like to thank our experts, Dr. Jeff Gooden and Dr. Jack Kane. And to learn more, please visit questdrugmonitoring.com for information on our drug monitoring test directory and offerings, as well as educational resources and insights from our team of toxicology experts. At Quest Diagnostics, we are committed to providing you results and insights to support your clinical decisions.